Greetings, friends. It is the weekend of Sunday, March the 5th, and I hope that you and yours are doing well. We pick back up with the book of Philemon, this short letter from Paul to Philemon. Today, we're going to be looking at verses 17 through 21. And the last time we were together, we saw how Paul felt about sending this new brother in Christ, Onesimus, back to his master, Philemon a very dear friend who had become his son while he was under house arrest. And we looked at how Onesimus was doing the right thing by going back to his master to make things right, but with a whole new attitude towards life, perhaps towards his work, and certainly towards Philemon himself. And and we saw how Philemon would have to remember some new attitudes towards Onesimus because he too, Philemon that is, has a master in heaven. And because of the cross, the ground is level. And Onesimus and Philemon are in fact now brothers. And so today, Paul is going to remind Philemon that love and obedience go together. So a few reminders about God. If God had a refrigerator where our artwork would be on it with a magnet right there, if if God had a wallet, our, our photo would be in it. He sends his flowers every spring and, and a sunrise every morning. And, and when, when we want to talk, he'll listen. He could live anywhere in the universe, but he chooses to live and dwell within us, in our heart. What an amazing concept that is. God living in us, and people can tell that God lives in us because of our love for him. And that's what Paul is going to say today. He's going to share with us three Sure markers, signs, which will reflect our obedience to God. Three ways of measuring our love for Jesus through our obedience to Jesus. Philemon 17 through 21 reads, So if you consider me a partner, welcome him as you would welcome me. If he has done you any wrong or owes you anything, charge it to me. I, Paul, am writing this with my own hand. I will pay it back. Not to mention that you owe me your very self. I do wish, brother, that I may have some benefit from you in the Lord. Refresh my heart in Jesus. Confident of your obedience, I write to you knowing that you will do even more than I ask. You know, so Paul's just shared with with us the way that believers should love each other. And here's the first point. First of all, we need to respect all Christians, all believers, as we respect God himself or God. When we become a Christian, there are certain laws or commands that we need to learn. But not only do we need to learn them, we also have to practice them. And Paul says to Philemon in Philemon 17, so if you consider me a partner, welcome him as you would welcome me. Paul indirectly obligated Philemon to receive Onesimus and remember that Paul and Philemon had previously worked together in in evangelism, as Philemon 1 reminds us. So Paul's now asking Philemon, to accept Onesimus as a fellow worker as Philemon had accepted Paul. In order to emphasize his request to Philemon, Paul says that he would pay for any financial loss that Philemon has incurred as a result of Onesimus. So in other words, if Philemon believes that Paul is his brother in Jesus, if if Philemon truly believes that Paul is his partner, 
when it comes to sharing the gospel, then he should do what is right. He should welcome Onesimus as if it were Paul himself. He should do for Onesimus what he would do for Paul. He should love Onesimus as if he were loving Paul, and he should love Onesimus as if it were Jesus himself. That was the kind of welcoming Paul was expecting Philemon to give to Onesimus, a welcoming that that doesn't think about self but others, a welcoming that's evident in his life and is motivated by, by love. And the way that Philemon received Onesimus was going to be clear evidence of his attitudes toward Paul and his attitude toward Jesus. And the way that we love others is going to be clear evidence of our attitude towards God. If we love Jesus, then we, we need to love our brothers and our sisters in the Lord. But just loving them isn't enough. We, we need to do something with that love. Matthew 25, 40 says, I tell you the truth, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers of mine, you did for me. And so why does love and obedience go together? Well, 1 John 5, 3 reads, this is love for God to obey his commands. And Jesus himself says in John 14, 15, if you love me, you will obey what I command. That's how love and obedience go together because we can't love God and then ignore his commandments. Philemon had a choice. He will choose to love his God or excuse me, Philemon had a choice. Will he choose to love his God and treat Onesimus like the world would, or will he choose to love his God and welcome Onesimus back into his household, but this time as his brother in Christ? Philemon had to choose the right way to treat Onesimus. He still had to balance his love for Jesus with his obedience to Jesus. See, we will want to do what Jesus asked us to do because of what Jesus has done for us. And what is the one of the and what is one of the things that Jesus did for us? Well, that's Point number two, he canceled our debt. Philemon 18 and 19. If he has done you any wrong or owes you anything, charge it to me. I, Paul, am writing this with my own hand. I will pay it back, not to mention that you owe me your very self. Though some people believe that Onesimus robbed his master before he ran off. There's no evidence of that happening. And and notice that Paul says he's writing this with his own hand. And what he's doing here is he's using a legal type bond between himself and Philemon. Paul's saying, I'm going to pay for any debt that Onesimus owes so that there will be no obstacles in the way of his appeal. We don't know what Onesimus did. We don't know if he was was supposed to do a job for Lehman for Philemon, but didn't want to do it. We don't know if he stole something from Philemon so that he could run away to Rome. Maybe Philemon had to hire another slave to take Onesimus's job. We just don't know. But one thing we do know is that Paul's willing to take on that debt so that Philemon and Onesimus can have the best start to their new relationship. And he says to Philemon, you can be sure the debt will get paid because I am writing this letter to you myself. Paul lays himself out for Onesimus, and, and, with, and with all his means, he pleads his case. Now, why should Paul do that? Well, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24, he himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds, we've been healed. 
In other words, even as Christ was willing to pay the price for Paul's sins, Paul was willing to pay the price for Onesimus's sins. So Paul wanted the best start for them both, but it was going to take genuine repentance on Onesimus's part, and it was going to take genuine forgiveness on Philemon's part. Paul says, put it on my account. I will pay whatever he owes you. When God demanded payment for our sins, he sent his one and only son into the world to pay the debt that we owed, that I owed for my sins. And when Jesus, hanging on the cross at Calvary, takes that payment that our sins deserve, he said in John 19.30, it is finished. In other words, what we owed God has been paid. Everything to do with our sin problem has been dealt with because Jesus paid the debt. He paid a debt he did not owe. I owed a debt I could not pay. I needed someone to wash my sins away. And now I sing a brand new song, Amazing Grace. Christ Jesus paid the debt that I can never pay. And when we think about that, this grace, his grace, it's, it's mind-blowing. It's utterly amazing. But Jesus didn't pay the debt just for the sake of it. He paid the debt because it was part of God's amazing grace. And because Paul had received this grace and had his debt cleared by God, he knew what it was like to be in debt. Now, let me tell you how a lot of people think about this debt. Some people think that they can clear the debt off to God themselves by doing good things, by doing good works. We hear people all the time, some of them bragging about all the good things that they're doing. And when people find out that we're a believer, that we're a follower of Jesus, they delight in telling you of what they do in their spare time. They say things, oh, oh, like, well, I help with this, this nonprofit or with this charity organization on the weekends. I give money to people in need. You know, I take care of people. I volunteer in the community. And what they're really trying to tell us is, well, I don't actually go and worship God because I'm a good person and God likes good, good people. God doesn't want good people. He wants obedient people. First Samuel 15, 22, does the Lord delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as much as in obeying the Lord? To obey is better than sacrifice and to heed is better than the fat of rams. God wants faithful people who are going to put him first in their lives, not just when it suits them. He wants fully committed and obedient people. Friends, God wants people who recognize that there's nothing we can do to pay off our debt because we know that Jesus paid it all. We don't get our debt canceled because of the, our works, because of the things that we do. We get our debt canceled because we're because of the grace of the gospel, because of the grace of Jesus. And we want to be obedient then to that gospel. And that's why God wants obedient people, because obedient people understand why we need salvation. We understand, I understand that I'm a sinner. I understand what Paul meant when he says in Romans 3.23, for everybody sinned and falls short of the glory of God. And so because Paul had his debt canceled, through his obedience to the gospel, he was willing to pay off Onesimus's debt to Philemon. And Philemon must have heard the words of Jesus in his ears, ringing in his ears. Matthew 6, 12, forgive us our debts as also have forgiven our, as we also have forgiven our debtors. All people are indebted to God. Some accept that Jesus paid, paid it for them and some don't. And Paul isn't 
bragging or placing any pressure on Philemon when he says in Philemon 19, not to mention that you owe me your very self. He's saying, remember, I was the one who told you about Jesus. I was the one who told you that your debt has already been paid for for you, and all you had to do was to accept it and remember how you felt indebted to me. That was Paul's gentle reminder that Philemon was indebted to him for, for conversion. Paul had made sacrifices in order to preach the gospel free of charge to people like Philemon who obeyed in order to receive the free gift of God's grace. Paul's working on the conscience of Philemon so that Philemon will deal with Onesimus the way Paul dealt with him. There's in, there, there is, in a sense, where, where we're indebted to the one who brought us to Jesus. Now, I don't mean that we owe them money or material things, but in a sense, we are indebted with gratitude. We're thankful that they took the time to tell us about Jesus. We're thankful that they shared the good news about Jesus with us. Do we remember that person who led us to Christ? Do we remember the formation that, that happened in our childhood as with parents who, who took us to church, who took us to, to activities, who paid money for us to go to camps to hear the gospel presented, who told us the gospel themselves? Do we remember? And that's what Paul means in Philemon 20 when he says, I do wish, brother, that I may have some benefit from you in the Lord. Refresh my heart in Christ. Now, remember, Paul has already told Philemon that his love has refreshed the hearts of the Lord's people back in Philemon verse 7. But here Paul makes it personal. If Philemon did according to what Paul requested, then Paul would be spiritually refreshed. And we know he's talking spiritually because he says refreshed in Christ. In other words, Paul would have he would be reassured that his labor on behalf of Philemon would have produced a Christ-like character. And that's the third point that we want to look at today. Number three, we have to let our actions reflect the master we have in heaven. Philemon may not have been a great preacher. He may not have been a great song leader, but He sure can be a great encouragement to others. He can be an encouragement to Paul by being obedient to Paul's request. Paul says in Philemon Philemon 20, refresh my heart in Christ. In other words, Paul says, show me that Jesus is still working in you. Remember, Paul was under house arrest when he wrote this letter. And being under house arrest has, it's got to be a very lonely place, very solitary but when we're lonely, we need, a, we need to be picked up from time to time. We need encouragement. And Paul, who is very aware of, of, of God, Paul, who is in need of some fellowship, Paul, who is the writer of over half the New Testament, the Apostle Paul says to Philemon, hey, Philemon, I need some encouragement. Refresh my heart in Jesus. Now, there are many ways to encourage each other. We can we can send a note, we can, we can text, we can message, we, we can call someone. Something as old-fashioned as actually calling someone to tell them that we're praying for them. We can simply go up to someone this morning and say, it's really good to see you today. Because when we do these little acts of encouragement, we're, giving, we're going to give some confidence to the one that we're trying to encourage so that the one we encouraged becomes the encourager. And because of Paul's confidence in Philemon to welcome Onesimus back as he would Paul, Paul goes on to say in Philemon 21, confident of your obedience, I write to you knowing that you will do even more than I ask. Now, I believe because of what we read back in Philemon 
um, verse 13, that Paul was confident that not only would Philemon set Onesimus free, but that Philemon would also send Onesimus to minister to him in prison. Paul says, I know you won't just do as I ask, but I know you will do even more than I ask. Paul's letter, full of appeal, was also full of hope. And remember, Philemon wasn't a, a, a bad or a harsh man. Paul had every reason to expect that Philemon to do even more than Paul asked. And the reason he would do even more is because Philemon is aware of how much more God has given him. And that's exactly what God does for us. He gives us much more than we need. Jesus says in Matthew 7, 11, if, if, you, if you then, though you are evil, you are e- evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? Jesus tells us that he can do even more for us, more than we could ever possibly imagine. Paul says in Romans 5 verse 9, since we have now been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? And he goes on to say in Romans 5 Verse 10, for if while we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son, how much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? And he says in Romans 5.15, for if the many died for the trespass of the one man, how much more did God's grace and the gift that came by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, overflow to many? And finally, in Romans 5.17, for if by the trespass of the one man, death reigned through that one man, how much more will those who receive God's abundant provision of grace and of the gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ? Paul was a blessed man, and he understood, and he understood that. And he's trying to remind Philemon of just how blessed he is. He says, Philemon, I, I know you'll do what I'm asking you to do, but I also know that you'll go the extra mile for me and for Anisimus. And the question is, do we understand just how blessed we are? If we truly understand how blessed we are, then it should motivate us to bless others. Paul knew if Philemon understood how blessed he was, this would motivate him to do even more. We can preach, teach, talk, and text until we're blue in the face about how blessed we are. But those blessings we preach, teach, talk, and text about will mean nothing to a brother or sister in Jesus who has a need if we do nothing. The blessings we receive will mean nothing to our neighbor who needs something if we just ignore them. Those blessings will mean nothing to the lost if all we do is hope that someone else will turn up to reach out to them. Friends, let's not just bless each other and those around us, let's bless everyone even more than they expect. Let's demonstrate to everyone just how blessed we are through, through of our love and our obedience to Jesus Christ. Amen, and God bless.